It's uh, pretty wild, man, huh? I know. I know. I'm just the place where my mother stays is locked down. Nobody's allowed to visit for 14 days. Oh, um, yeah. So that's who we really have to worry about from every all the statistics I, I look at. And that's the old people. We have to self quarantine so we don't kill the old people. The JT and Looney podcast. Okay. My headset's on. Episode 30. I am in absolute shock. So for everyone, uh, thanks for downloading the podcast again, and it's good to be back. Looney and I were thinking about doing this Monday, Tuesday. We decided for Friday the 13th, and we decided to wait until the president's press conference to jump right in so you would have this heading into the weekend, and we would be on record for what is the most chaotic and bizarre and concerning event that we both covered in our lives as broadcasters and tom i could say it as a human being i never thought that we'd ever see anything remotely like this and the world of sports has come to a close yeah it's you know it it really feeds into one of my paranoias too as you know i i don't have that many uh paranoias I, i i i see the sunny side of life i think of the glasses half full but I would never go watch a movie like Contagion. I would never watch any end of the world apocalyptic, any movie with an apocalyptic theme, which has left me out of a lot of movies the past 20 years. But I've always refused to go, and especially anything involving contagions or viruses or, or locking people down and quarantining people. And I would never even look at those films and now – uh, it's all it's and now it's a big movie going on right in front of my face. It's incredible. If you go back and you're a huge movie guy and so am I, if you go back in the history of movies, there's never been a concept movie like this. There's never been a day where sports ended all around the world and it happened in a week. And as we go through the timeline and we'll do this throughout the podcast, I've never seen anything remotely close to the timeline in politics, sports, Health, whatever we saw this week was the most radical, crazy timeline in our lives. And we're going to keep it mostly to sports. But what happened from Monday to Friday with the closing of all these major sports leagues, as one followed the next, others tried to wait to do it on their own. The Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell positive test, the PGA shutting down at Sawgrass. And then on Friday, finding out that the Masters will be postponed. Tom, one of the big takeaways this week is the difference between postponed and canceled as we're trying to figure out if these sporting events are going to come back anytime soon. And we have no clue as we record, record this session, no idea. Well, right. We don't know if the NBA finals will be July 4th weekend or March madness will be may madness, or these games won't in tournaments won't be played at all. And it's so strange how, Right now, with the rapidity of news and news gathering and information going around the world, I went into the doctor's office for an hour, and they had no, had had one bar in there, so I couldn't text out. It wasn't getting anything in. And that one hour, Tom Hanks and the NBA, both, you know, Tom Hanks tested positive and the NBA closed down. And one hour, I missed that. So, everything was happening so fast that even if you didn't have phone service for an hour, it's unbelievable the news that broke within that hour. So let's take a look at how the coronavirus has impacted and shut down sports just here in the United States. First, the NBA suspended the season 
until further notice. So the NBA is shut down. I watched that in real time, Tom, when it happened in Oklahoma City, and Rudy Gobert wasn't in the building, but the news broke out that he tested positive, and then people were trying to do the timeline, wondering where the Jazz were over the last couple of days, all the teams that they played. And that was the first time that we saw a fan base, Looney, that was in a building, which I happened to be in a couple of weeks ago when I took my son to a game in Oklahoma City, and the fans were asked to leave. And that was shocking, but that had to do with Rudy Gobert. And then we find out that Rudy Gobert, when he didn't think he was positive at a press conference, started touching microphones and everybody's recorder there, which was one of the most ridiculous, stupid, worst moments I've ever seen from an athlete. And as much as we pray for his health, that's going to be part of his legacy, Tom, for years to come. No one will forget that he did something that stupid. Yeah, and nobody ever wants their worst moment on videotape, and that's what happened with Rudy Gobert. That's what, I think every human being on earth is happy, like you and I, who were younger and, and dumb in our 20s before everyone was filming everything. You would never want your worst moment, sober or drunk, on videotape, and he's got it, and that sucks. And that was the first moment that it hit me because I've been talking about this on radio for a couple of days leading up to that. I said, once a player tests positive, a league's going to be shut down because remember the Warriors were going to play the Brooklyn Nets at Chase Center and the Warriors decided because Santa Clara County initially said that they were going to hold back gatherings of a thousand or more. So that initially affected the San Jose Sharks. It affected the San Jose Earthquakes and the Warriors had to make a decision, and they made that decision as an organization that they would play without fans. But before they were given the opportunity to do that, Rudy Gobert tested positive, and the whole sport was shut down. And think of all the people that travel with the Jazz, the hotels that Rudy Gobert was at, the mm-hmm. other cities that he played in, and it went off like a life, light bulb, Looney. That was the moment. A player tested positive, and every other league started worrying about that same thing. Yeah, and when I, when this started to break out, I thought, well, at least if, if teams don't play in front of fans, we will, as we all have to self-quarantine, we will have something to watch at home. But I never stopped to think, oh, yeah, they're people too. They're not cartoons uh, on television entertaining us. And that's what it made it real for me, too, in a much wider sense, because I thought, well, at least we'll be able to curl up at home and watch games. Won't be able to go to the games, but 99% of people curl up at home while they're quarantined at home for whatever reason in their lives and watch games. And that's when it really struck home. So we found out the NBA news and the NHL was right there behind it. The NHL, it looked like they were going down the same road that they were going to consider playing games without fans, but They decided, no way. Let's postpone the season. I live in Vegas where the Vegas Golden Knights are in first place in the Pacific. It's T-Mobile. It's a rabid fan base. This is interesting for hockey. I want to spend a few minutes on this because hockey fans, I believe, it's a smaller group, but they're clearly more dedicated. Every hockey fan that I ever met is more into their sport than NBA fans, baseball fans. They are diehard. So to take away the NHL season and to put it down and postpone it, while we had all these great playoff races, that hurt Tom and especially all the hockey fans that need it. They want that content and they are those diehard, that smaller niche fan base that no longer has that sport to watch or go to. And I was surprised the PGA uh, canceled events because 
you know, all those PGA tournaments are so quiet anyway, with broadcasters whispering into their microphones that I thought, well, not having not having a crowd there won't make much of a difference. At least we'll get to watch some golf. And in golf, everyone gets to stand six feet away from each other anyway. So I thought at least golf would continue to continue to be televised because they, they it's easy for them to stay six feet away from each other, but I guess not. Great point. When all hell was breaking loose on Thursday, it was the first round of the PGA at yeah. Sawgrass, Grass, the players, the fifth major. So I'm watching it, and Rory McIlroy, there's a crowd there. So there's fans on the tee box, fans behind the ropes, and Rory McIlroy hits a beautiful drive, and it goes up into the perfect blue skies off of Ponte Vedra Beach, and the ball lands, and everybody's walking around, around the green. There's fans, and I'm like, man, this could work. Keep the fans away from the players. Let the players play. Right. But it was just a matter of time, Tom, and we're still waiting on it as we record this podcast. A third of that field at the PGA Championship are international players. It's just a matter of time, as Roy McElroy said, until one player tests positive and they would shut it down. So they decided to shut down a number of events. And then on Friday, they decided to postpone the Masters. And that was the ultimate gut punch for me because I thought they could pull the Masters off without fans and do it on time in April, and that will not happen. I thought they could too, but we, you know, we're forgetting again. People have to fly in from all over the world, yeah. and they want people to stay off airplanes, and they want people to stop coming into the country from all over the world. And so, with our our selfish delight, thinking, well, we'll at least have sports to watch. Uh, the joke was on us. We 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 forget. We we too often forget when we're covering these guys and we're knocking them for bad behavior that they are human beings just like we are. We do forget that constantly and and forget the uh, how they get to these venues. Oh, yeah, they fly, and no one's supposed to be flying unless they really have to. Yeah, and you can't have a couple of thousand people running around a golf court and, no. and going to the bathrooms and the concessions and all that. Uh, we move on to Major League Baseball delaying op- opening day by at least two weeks, so they completely suspend spring training, and they're going to try to – get it going in two weeks. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think this virus is going to slow down two weeks after opening day. So there's still a couple of weeks before opening day, and then you push it back two weeks. It reminds me of my son who came home for a spring break from college, and he's supposed to be home for two weeks, but then they extended spring break another two weeks. So like many college kids, he's going to be home for a month and he might not go back. So baseball thinks, and they want to put it out there that, Hey, they're just going to push it back two weeks. I doubt they're going to play baseball in April, May, and possibly June, because how do they start baseball? If this virus isn't under control and the numbers are steeply going down. Well, right. And I think maybe we have these constant reminders that we need to be responsible to ourselves and to Mm -hmm. others. And maybe if you are, you know, I saw a young friend from the gym who's 19, who's tweeting out about, you know, about the average age of the person who is harmed by the coronavirus. And I think the the reason why he sent out the graph was that we needed to calm down as though it didn't affect him, but it affects all of us in the way that, if person A if, if person A is 19 and person B is 30 and A hugs B, no big deal, even if they get the virus. But if B hugs C and C is a 78-year-old grandmother, then you've killed somebody. So we all have to take you know, we have to feel as citizens united and put politics aside and stop, you know, stop blaming either political parties or the media for the virus. The virus is the virus, it lives on its own. 
It has no agenda. Uh, and and we need to, if we self-quarantine for 14 days and so we all do it, it does slow down. And we will get some of our perks of life back, like sports and uh, being able to hug each other. So with the remaining sports as we speak, we know that motocross, we know that motorsports such as NASCAR, Formula One, all postponed. So pretty much think of all sports on hold. But I'm going to say the save the biggest one for last, which was the NCAA tournament. So this, to me, was not handled correctly. When you need Coach K to say Duke is out, <laughs> so once Duke says we're not playing, that pretty much shut it down. And being in Vegas, we have the Pac-12 tournament. We had the WCC tournament with Gonzaga. They ended up playing that earlier in the week, believe it or not. Gonzaga won, and they're a two seed. But then I was going to go to the Pac-12 on Thursday, and here's what I was going to do. I have a credential. I was driving down from my home to the Pac-12 tournament at T-Mobile when I got the news on my phone and on the radio that the Pac-12 tournament, because I thought I was going to cover a story of being at an event with no fans. Right. I thought it was I thought it was important I do that. I got the notification. They're shutting it down. I turned around my car and came up Flamingo back to my home, which I've done a thousand times, thinking about my life as a sports radio host, as a sports fan, my family. That's when it hit me. Because I was en route to go do something as a member of the media and a fan to report on something to see what it looked like. And I was told, you're not allowed. And that's when sports truly shut down. Yeah, it's just one of and, and the, the residual effect of one thing after another closing down that sometimes you never think of. The people working their second job at the concession stand so they can pay their bills. The people working, uh, you know, if the cruise industry closes down, all those people who work on the cruise ships, people not flying on planes, all the people that work on those planes. If you don't send kids to school, a lot of times we have an economy in America that changed over the centuries and the last 50 years where mom and dad both have to work or bills don't get paid. And the school babysits the child as well as educates the child. Now, if kids can't go to school, one parent has to stay home, which means that one parent's not working. When you just watch the tsunami effect and how it's all, we are all interconnected, which is why we all do have to be careful and and wash our hands and 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 stay away from each other because so our so our economy and our way of life can in the simplest of ways can start up again. As we stay with the NCAA, the reason this hit me for the women's tournament and the men's tournament, no surprise that the smartest people in the room the Ivy League, stop first, right? The it's most brilliant right. minds that we have. The Ivy League said, we're going to shut it down. And there were radio hosts and fans saying, what are they doing? What are they scared of? I don't believe this. They were the first to do it, and the NCAA didn't do it. And I knew once they started shutting down these conference championship tournaments, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the ACC, Duke wasn't going to be involved, that you can't have the NCAA tournament without playing the tournament of the conferences before. So I can't believe that it took the NCAA this long to shut it down, knowing that there were so many regions in the country where these games were going to be played, like Spokane, Washington, not too far from Kirkland, Washington, and Seattle, which is a flashpoint, and areas of New York and the tri-state area. And I was scratching my head saying on the air, what are you doing? You know that every other sport is shutting it down what are we waiting for? And here's why they were waiting. It was ready to go. 
The tournament was ready to go next week. All the sites were set. All the volunteers were signed up. And they wanted Tom to hold off to the last second because they had a contingency plan to play the tournament without spectators. So I don't blame them. I think they wanted to keep the sporting event going to the last second. But now that we look back at it, it never made any sense. Oh, it, it doesn't. You know, sometimes though, and then we feel so selfish looking back. We as human beings sometimes about what took us so long. But this is an abnormal situation. So it's hard to be proactive sometimes and do the right thing ahead of time when we're not all scientists and we're not all doctors. And so I think we all probably moved a little slow on this, but we didn't know what we were dealing with. We were wallowing in ignorance, all of us. So then on top of that, let's stay with these amateur athletes when we found out, and they dropped this in here if anybody wasn't paying attention, that all remaining winter and spring NCAA championships have been canceled. Wow. Think of the thousands of athletes. This is really important yeah. and why I wanted to do this podcast today. All of these athletes who are seniors or juniors or are not going to ever play again, their seasons were cut down in the locker room, in the dorm, at their apartments, and told with finality that it's over. Now, we're hoping that some of these sports come back. Maybe they can push back the NCAA tournament. But if they cancel lacrosse and they cancel swimming and they cancel wrestling, imagine putting your entire life, Tom, into being an elite athlete, hard enough to make your high school team. And they're canceling all that, by the way. And then you make your college team. You get a scholarship or an opportunity to get a free education. And your sports career ends because of the coronavirus? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. And you just feel so bad for all of them, they, the way the blood, sweat, and tears they put in. And as you painted that picture, think about how you found out about the tournament you were driving to was canceled. How many young people with their heads buried in their phones, just like we have ours, uh, found out through their phone? They didn't get together with the team and see the guys for the last time, possibly. Mm -hmm. They were just somewhere and boop, a text or a news alert came up and they find out that their athletic career is over. And well, they just happened to be walking into 7-Eleven to get a Slurpee. I want to talk about the real world. I want to uh, tie in everything. But, you know, you come to this podcast because mostly we talk about sports, our friendship. We've been working together now for over 15 years. And this is the biggest event that we've ever covered. And it's breaking news. And it's it's something that we never dreamed of talking about. And as we're recording this, it became official that Los Angeles County announced the closure of all schools. This is the second largest school district in the United States behind New York City. So now let's get to the real world where young parents, uh, people all around the country have to find a way to still keep their jobs if they're going to be able to do it because there's going to be a major economic shutdown. And then families, single parent families are going to have to decide how they're going to watch their kids and what they're going to do with their children. Forget about online classes, how they're just going to keep an eye on them as they try to go to work and bring home a paycheck, Tom. Yes, and that's the thing about the, our, how many of our schools, uh, whether I'm just speaking from here in Los Angeles at this moment or everywhere else, uh, how many of our schools provide children with breakfast and lunch? When we were growing up, sometimes it was lunch for some people. I got mine packed. I was lucky. But how, how and the school, I live three doors down from an elementary school, and that they're open until the sun goes down, babysitting kids there. 
out in the back. I think it's open till five or six o'clock at night when we were under uh, before daylight savings time. The sun it was dark and there were still kids out playing out in the schoolyard because they hadn't been picked up by their parents yet. So that's a you know, for for parents who are working. There's so many tangential downfalls from a school closing or a sport going out of business for a while or being suspended or a cruise, a cruise liner or an airliner suspending uh, trips because there's human beings who work uh, for a living, whether it's a dad that needs to pick up to work and a mom that both need to work to pay their rent and pay their mortgage or their, and their kids are going to be home and they're not going to be home. Difficult situation for millions of people. Yeah, let's stay on the economy because, you know, as I follow the stock market, right. we went through a tremendous stock market crash. This was not a pullback. Let me make it clear. As the market went up close to 2,000 points on Friday, Friday the 13th. So as I look at the close of the market, the market was up 1,985 points. So the Dow is at 23,000 when it dipped down to 21,000. Uh, from 29,000. It's going to be very volatile along the way. And right. here's what I've learned about the markets and the economy. We've never seen anything like this. We've had economic crashes before. We've had the swine flu. We've had the Great Depression. We had the pullback with the auto industry. We had the crash in 2007 slash eight. I was working as a brand new broker in October of 1987. I'm one of the few people you will hear on any podcast or any broadcast that was breaking into the industry the exact month where we had the previous biggest crash of all time. This is really important to me because what's happening now is some generational wealth is being wiped out. There mm -hmm. are a lot of people who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s who have accumulated their life savings, and most of it's in the market, and here's why. They might have a piece of real estate. They might have two pieces of real estate, but a lot of their money has been in the market. And recently, because there's no return on safe investments, the treasury, the 10-year treasury at 1%, you look at a CD, a bank account, like when we were kids, you could get 5 6% on a CD. You can't get that anymore. So what it's doing is it's taking some older people or the elderly, and it's forcing them to look for a better return on the remaining money that they have. And a lot of them went into the stock market because the stock market was booming under this president mm -hmm. the last couple of years. And a lot of people lost 20 to 25% of their money in a week. And it's not 25% for 2020. It's 25% of their life. So if you opened up a stock account in 71 or 82 or 95 or 2003, and it built all the way up to the number that you had, it got slaughtered this week. Now, the good news is you could say it's all going to come back. Oh, it's going to come back. And you're probably right. It could come back. But a lot of these companies, Tom, are going to lose two or three quarters of earnings revenue and pace. And that's going to hold those stocks down possibly for years to come. So these are trying times with the economy. Oh, and you're right. When you talk about, let's say somebody wanted to retire next week and they're 65, and they had done really well in the stock yes. market in the past number of years. They thought, well, I can just pull all that out with no penalty because of my age, et cetera. And now they might have to wait 15 years for all that money to to, 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 to get back to yeah, where I don't it was. Think it, yeah, I don't think it'll have to be 15 years. I How think it could be, be? I, 
I think it could be one year. I think it could be two to three. Okay. But so it's they not going to be overnight. Until they're 80. Okay. No. Okay. But how about, to, how, okay. Yeah, but how about the guy or, or the lady who wants to take $25,000 out of their investment portfolio to pay for a wedding? Right. Or to pay right. for college or to do anything like that? This is going to hurt. And it's supposed to hurt because it's a coronavirus. It's something more significant than anything we've seen. So the economy went on a roller coaster ride. Uh, it's gonna. I've been following the markets my whole adult life, and this was without a doubt the biggest whiplash, the worst I've ever seen. And I hope it doesn't get worse going forward. Now let's move on to the media and how we think the media has handled it, because okay. for years you and I have been talking about the way we consume media. Right. And and for years I've watched Fox News, and I've watched CNN, and some people watch MSNBC, and the wheels have come off with the media. A long time ago, you have to go to your favorite cable news outlet to get the information that your brain thinks that you believe you should oh, yeah. get. You're right. People like a wind tunnel a lot of times, right? An echo right. chamber. You're right. Yep. Yeah. It used to be people could pick up the New York Times, the Washington Post. Right. They could read papers, get different opinions, unbelievable journalists. Now we go online to find the people we want, or we go to cable news at night where we get people who giggle and mock politicians and make fun of politicians or make fun of the other side of the aisle, mm -hmm. conservatives laughing at liberals and mocking their look and the way they dressed and liberals mocking conservatives for whatever reason. So I'm trying to get the best information on the coronavirus and it's still political. We can't get the hell out of the way of politicizing everything and just give us the right medical information during this very trying time, how have you been consuming all of this media, Tom? Well, it's been it has been difficult because I just want to listen to the doctors and the scientists, uh, because the doctors and the scientists are doing their best to stay out of the way in terms of politics. The math has to add up with doctors and scientists. I've always been telling people don't listen to talk show hosts or news bloviators or opiners when it comes to scientific issues. Listen to the scientists. The only time the scientists have been science isn't politics now at times there are uh, politicians and talk show hosts who have made science political but science is apolitical the math has to add up so in this crisis the best people to listen to are the cdc doctors and scientists your own doctor and that's the best way to go and that's the best you know that's the best thing to consume is whatever is coming out of a doctor's mouth yeah, the doctors are who I want to hear from, the scientists, the smart people, the individuals who can tell us what's more important, self-containing, living right. our lives, uh, what to do. And I don't know, Tom, if we're getting that information. There's a couple of scientists and from the CDC that have to testify. You know I love when people are forced to testify. Yes, yes. I love yes. it. Yes. I love when Barry Bonds, I hope he gets to, or when Mark McGuire, I love when you force athletes to go in front of Congress where they have to raise their hand and they have to swear. Yes. Telling the truth. Get me more scientists and doctors <laughs> on Capitol Hill and let's know what's happening here. But it's well, chaos. I, I will tell you one thing, too, to add to the chaos and stir the pot a little bit. Today, when the president declared the national emergency and invoked the Stafford Act, that allows the Trump administration to throw around a lot of cash, but it doesn't let them, it limits the president, doesn't let him do anything truly crazy like postpone the 2020 election unless he wants to postpone the 2020 election and the Senate lets him. 
unless the Senate lets him postpone the 2020 election. And we we kind of know which way the Senate leans these days. So that's just something to, that's another chaotic thing that could happen uh, in the near future that would really make things interesting. All right. From a sports radio <laughs> perspective, here I go. This is going to go over well. Okay. Get ready for this. So this to me is the most unique opportunity in our careers because of the experience that we have to do radio. We were on the radio together on the night of 9-11. Right. We were on, we were on the radio the night of the Iraq war. Shock and awe. We were talking about these real-life issues, and we've had the permission to do that over the years, which I think has been really important with the growth that we've had as broadcasters when there is chaos. Oh, do you remember how emotional it was the night of the tsunami? Yeah. In yeah, Japan, which was on television as we were on the air watching waves go over freeways. Oh, that was gut-wrenching. So this week, I've noticed that there's so many people in the media, and I'll just stick to sports, with sports radio who are so nervous and they're so scared. Yes. They're already putting in contingency plans not to talk about sports. I'm out of my mind with this. We still have one great thing going for us that could change by the time you're finished with this podcast. And that's the NFL. The NFL has always been king. We are going into the biggest free agency we've ever had because the greatest player of all time is a free agent named Tom Brady. So Tom Brady alone can save sports for a month. For one month, if Roger Goodell doesn't change the league year where the NFL works in mid-March on their new year, which opens up the wallets and the cap space of these teams to go out and hire free agents and make trades and do all this and start the offseason. If the NFL pushes this back 10, 15 days, I'm fine with it. Even if they push it back a month, we can park Tom Brady over in the corner and stir the pot with him from Las Vegas to Los Angeles to Nashville to Tampa, and there'll be plenty of content. But if they wipe out the NFL draft and they say – like a couple of teams, I'm looking at the email I got from the Raiders today that they are postponing all traveling for scouts. The organization has to work from home. If they end up saying that the league is on pause and they're not going to start the business cycle, which is free agency, then, Looney, we have a really big problem talking sports. Well, yes, we do, and uh, or they do, because as you mentioned earlier, you worked in the stock market. You're interested in everything. You're an incredibly autodidactic man. I was not a broadcast major. I was a political science major. So this is everything that's happening anyway is already in my wheelhouse. We don't need to stick to sports in order to turn on the microphone and start talking because we're interested in everything. And if they do take away the NFL, it is uh, for a while, in addition to all these other sports, it does spell trouble for a lot of guys who aren't entertaining, compelling, and curious about things other than sports. I did see a guy tweet out have asking people for suggestions about what he do or what hobby he should take up because he has no idea what to do with no sports. Oh. Like you, you had no other, really, you have no other life other than sports. You know, if sports goes away, people with lives uh, are, are still okay. If your life is sports, it remind and it goes away and you don't have anything else to talk about. You've done something wrong with your life. 
Yeah, as I tweeted out today, uh, save your wacky food takes and movie highlights for me. I don't need it Monday. I, I can't believe how many people are panicking after the most disturbing week in the history of sports slash sports radio. And everybody's putting these contingency plans in place for Monday. Because remember, Sunday night we'd have our brackets. And then you and I, for all these years, we'd have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to fill out the brackets. And we've been doing this long enough where people used to send us their brackets in the mail. And then we got to the point (laughs) where we could do we could do it digitally. And then people would enter these contests. And now people are worried. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, my God, we don't have a bracket. What are we going to do? Relax. Talk about the NFL. And one of the things I'm going to talk about life. How about this life? Do people think we don't have something in common if we don't have sports to talk about? Yeah, we do. It's called life. Yeah, I think that if people start running away from sports next week because they're afraid that sports is over, sports is not over. The first thing that we should all be talking about, this is just my opinion, Mm -hmm. we should be talking about sports coming back. So for at least a couple of shows, and I've done this already, and I'll do this Sunday night coming up on Mad Dog, I'm going to talk about which sport hurts you the most, which is the sport that is out of your life now that you're most heard about, that if you're a NASCAR fan, okay, if you're a basketball fan, if you're a golf fan with the Masters, and people should be able to tell really compelling stories about how this sport leaving their lives is going to hurt. And then I'm going to talk at some point, what do we got to do to get these sports back? Because what I think is going to be fascinating is there's eventually going to be some good news. And let's assume it comes in six, seven weeks. Right. Who's going who's gonna to be the commissioner? Who's going to be the commissioner instead of waiting for the other commissioners to say, let's hold the round table. We're ready to go. And I think that guy could be Dana White, who's the greatest promoter I've ever seen. With all due respect to Don King, Bob Arum, everybody else. What Dana White has done in the last decade is remarkable. And I think Dana, as he's making big decisions now about UFC, and I think he's going to have to shut down. I think he or Adam Silver or Gary Bettman, who I have no confidence in with the NHL, or maybe Rod Manford, who totally destroyed this Astros cheat scandal. One of these guys are going to say, hey, we're ready. Hey, look, we're testing our athletes. We have new test kits. We think that we can keep the fans away. We think that if we do have an athlete that tests positive, we'll pull him off the court or we'll find a way to get him away from the sport. But we're going to play. What are we going to do, Tom? Wait for every single athlete to, to, uh, to test negative before we open up arenas and stadiums? That can't be possible. Yeah, I I, I don't have the answer to that. I It's really a difficult call. I get, I think maybe you start with the sports where you don't have to interact as much like golf. Maybe you start with sports where there's only two of you in a ring, like July 18th at the MGM, or is it at Raider Stadium with Wilder and Fury? Three. Was that supposed to be at the Raiders Stadium? No, that, that wasn't going to be at the Raiders Stadium. That's going to be at T-Mobile, MGM, okay. Grand, that that cross-promotion. But you're right. That, that's July no 18th. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that doesn't get canceled. Yeah, if I had a bet right now, I, I would doubt. And, and that's a great date. I'm happy you brought that up. July yeah, 18th. My birthday. Yeah, that's a really good date to look at this. Because if we don't have that fight and that promotion, because the last fight, Fury Wilder 2, was such a bizarre and intense promotion. Those guys were exhausted. They were promoting that fight for a month every day. And in order to get that trilogy going and get that fight sold, they're going to need June. 
May and June to start promoting it. So I'm happy you brought that up. I didn't even think about it. That's an important date where we better have sports back in the summer. And as you know, we call that the dead zone. The right. dead zone in the summer where there's nothing going on. It's such and, a great time to have a fight July, in the middle of July. Absolutely. I, I want to give credit to a caller. We're great because we've known our callers. I've had callers go to my wedding. Made right. great Mort. Benny Jets, <laughs> one of my best friends. We talk almost every night. I had a new caller, a female caller named Deborah from Kansas City, call my show probably Tuesday or Wednesday. And she was such a voice of reason. The call stayed with me all week. She said... You know, JT, if these sports pause for six weeks to eight weeks and they come back, they're all going to start at the same time. It's going to be amazing that you're going to start the NBA instantly on a Monday night, hockey on a Tuesday night. They're going to go back to all of these sports. NASCAR is going to start on the weekend. And how cool will it be to see these sports come back all at the same time, the PGA Tour, and then we're going to be flooded with all this amazing sports action like we've never seen before because we're used to the calendar. This season right. ends. It overlaps with this league. This league ends. It doesn't start till then. The one big upside here is we can be talking July, our slowest month of the year, with four to six new sports or old sports starting up again, finishing up their postseason or, or starting their season, baseball, having opening day, and that could be something positive to get us through all this. Yeah. And will the NBA, depending on when it starts again, will they just start with the playoffs when it comes back? So take a look at the standings now because they might, you know, you never know what they might do innovative to to move things forward into 2021. So there's lots of different things where uh, in situations and scenarios where it could be really, really interesting. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a deep breath and unplugging as you know, when you went to the Dominican Republic and when I went to Amsterdam, where you just unplug and you stop looking at your phone and you stop following sports and recharge for a while and actually take an interest in life and other things. And it's great to miss sports. That's why I think the XFL should have been in the fall. We need to miss football in order to enjoy football. The biggest problem I have with the XFL, both incarnations, where they were playing it during the off season. It's not football season. So shut it down and start it back up. How about that for the XFL? How about you play football during the football season in the fall? We'll like it more because it's normal and it's the time when it's supposed to be on TV. So there might be some interesting, innovative things that happen as a result of the tragedy that's going on now. Yeah, I just think people need to stop panicking. I really do. I'm trying to make that point because it could change for me in a week or two. I could, one of my three jobs can call me and say, look, you know, we're shutting down. Right. There's a po- there's a positive test in your building. You know, we work with microphones. We're going to shut it down. I could do the show from home, but you never know. A radio station could say our advertisers are pulling out. We're going to take a six-week well, break. Especially which, local radio. That's what a lot of yeah. local people are worried about. Yeah, that could happen nationally, too. They could say, hey, look, we're going to take a break here for a couple of weeks. We're going to replay programming. We're going to carry you know, Fox News or CNN instead of that, whatever happens, I'm ready for it because I'm not panicking now. And one of the reasons I'm not panicking is I've been doing this a long time. I think I understand the markets and radio and broadcasting and what these teams are all about and how everybody's working on this to come together again. But man, there's some serious panic going on. I've taken phone calls from some of my friends who are in Costco lines or wondering what they're going to do for their jobs. They're salespeople that all right. of their appointments have canceled. 
they're told to work from home and they can't work from home because when they bring their software home to try to set appointments, they're going to be calling companies that aren't going to take appointments. Remember, if you're a salesperson, man, man or woman, and you want to go out and meet one of your clients, if you, if you can't tell that client that you've tested negative, why would that company let you in the door? We're getting to that point. Why possibly would a restaurant want to have a, a reservation for 30 when the restaurant owner doesn't know if any of those 30 people are carrying right. the virus? And why would 30 people go to a restaurant not knowing if the kitchen helped the server the bartenders haven't been tested yet. Are we close to that scenario, Tom, where we're going to have to ask if people have been tested for the coronavirus? Well, and, it, and guess what? We live in a free country. You don't owe people the uh, the honest yeah. answer. You have a freedom of speech, a freedom not to speak. You don't have to. You, you, we all have a freedom not to hand over our even the president, as he proved. You do not have to hand over your medical records if you don't feel like it or any of your medical information. You don't have to discuss that with anybody other than your doctor. It's always important to tell your doctor the truth about stuff, but you're under no obligation. And it's not, it's not, a, you're not a criminal if you lie to other people about having a virus. So that's a difficult situation in a free country. Yeah. I wanted to share something with you too for Friday, Friday the 13th, Saturday. I was supposed to MC my final Raider event, not a Raider team event, but a booster club event. It's an event that I love. It's called the Commitment to Excellence Awards. And it's voted on by the team for the player that is the best teammate, deserves that honor. And it goes back to 1960. It was called the Gorman Award. Wow. Then they changed it. And Tim Brown's won it. Charles Woodson, Jim Otto, Ted Hendricks, Ken Stabler. You can imagine the legends. I've handed this award in the last 10 years, again, to Woodson, Tim Brown, all these legends who have won this award, Justin Fargus, Huggy Bear's son, remember him, the running back, and a whole bunch of guys can win this award, and Rodney Hudson, the Pro Bowl Center, won it. And during the week, I was on conference calls and text messages, and they wanted me to be there, and I expected to go. It was important. It was important for me to be there for closure in my career with the Raider fans for everything they've done for me. And this is going to be about two, three, four hundred people. And then people started canceling and legendary players couldn't go. And the recipient, Rodney Hudson, understandably couldn't go. And a couple of other people canceled. And my wife looked at me and she says, well, you're not going. I go, what do you mean? She goes, are you kidding me? You're not getting on a plane going to Oakland where that ship that was docked. Remember the ship that was docked? Oh, yeah, they was decided to dock the ship in the only city that had no viruses in it. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's three miles away from there, but I kept saying, no, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. And then I had to make the phone call on a conference call to the heads of this booster club who are really good friends of mine, and they understood because I told them, I go, all I have now is my jobs. I get paid to be behind a microphone and talk for a living. If I get quarantined up in Oakland at the hotel – or someone tests positive at the banquet and we're all having a good time, then I can't come home and then I can't work. And then I can't provide for my family for a couple right. of weeks because I could be in a quarantine. So that was a really tough phone call. And I know it's small in magnitude to people that really have it tough that are going to find out here in the next 10, 14 days next month that they're down to their last paycheck. But these are the decisions, Tom, that are going through all of our heads because it's the great unknown. It really is. 
Well, and that's where there's, uh, you know, people don't like to be wallowing in ignorance. And I think so many of us are. And I think as we've seen how, I was just reading today and then watching later some coverage about a guy in a, a nursing home in Kansas who tested positive and they can't figure out at all how the heck this guy in the middle of Kansas, who touched, who touched, who touched, who in order to expose themselves to this guy in Kansas who doesn't know anybody who's traveled anywhere and hardly ever has any visitors. And that's when it gets scary, real scary. A lot of people are texting information and a lot of people are looking at, you know, what's happening here? What's going to happen? What's really going on? And people are texting me all these charts. And I recently got a text from a buddy of mine who said, and this goes into this conspiracy theory where people think it's the government. We're not getting enough information and they're comparing it. And a buddy of mine texted, this was posted in an actual doctor's office in the doctor's office. Every election year has a disease. 2004, SARS. 2008, Avian. 2010, Swine. 2012, MERS. 2014, Ebola. 2016, Zika. 2018, Ebola. 2020, Corona. And the facts, Corona has a factor of two. SARS was four. Measles is 18. And coronavirus has a cure rate of 99.7% for those under 50, it infests. So you're getting all these facts and people telling you it's about a respiratory illness. And if you're over the age of 65, you're more capable of getting this. And I agree with all that, but I care about my 16 and 18 year old son, my wife, my family, my parents, my sisters. And I still don't have clarity on this virus that if you get it and you're healthy, Is it automatically going to leave your system? Because we're seeing some video of some healthy younger people in Italy that did not survive. And they were quarantined. And they died in their homes as Italy's shutting down everything. So there's got to be more communication, Tom. Forget about sports for a second. To everybody who can know this on a common sense basis, not to gather with more than maybe 10 people. We're hearing 50. We're hearing 200. Get me more accurate information in the next couple of weeks, will you? Well, I, and one thing I think there's a comfort level that should be people should be warned about. And if it, that's if someone's under 60 and they find out that, you know, you'll have a headache and a fever for a few days and then you'll be fine. You should just self-quarantine for a couple of weeks. People think, well, I'm young and healthy. I'll be fine. True. But you ha- you need to remember the tangential element here where who you might expose yourself to someone who exposes themselves to an elderly relative, then boom, by you not taking care of yourself, washing, quarantining, and keeping yourself healthy, you inadvertently kill somebody else. Well, the virus does, but the point is we all need to do it together. This is just one of those times where it's not political, it's science. We just need to all work together and blame the virus, not the media, and make sure we keep ourselves clean and healthy for the next couple of months, and we can slow down the wave. I love what Mark Cuban's doing. Going to pay yeah. the employees. Kevin yep. Love made a donation of $100,000. The SAP Center in San Jose will pay their employees. I think you're going to see a lot of cool things happen here, Tom, in the next maybe five to ten days where these billionaires, these billionaires are going to say, 
we have an image. These are our fans. These are the teams. We're going to pay our players. They don't have to worry about their salaries. So let's take care of the people working behind the scenes. You go to Staples Center all the time. You call me when you're leaving Staples Center. Yep. You come in contact with hundreds of people from the time you park your car, get your ticket scanned to go to the clubs, to order food, just to walk around courtside. And all those people there have really important jobs and they need to be paid. And all the handshakes and hellos, right? And so that's something where we become so conscious about all these things. And we have to be, and we have to be vigilant. We have to pool our resources and help each other out. And I know that a lot of times that's not a popular subject in America because that's called socialism, but that's what we need to do. That's how we build roads. And that's how we uh, build bridges between each other with our health is by uh, pooling our resources and helping each other out when there's a crisis. What do you think happens next? Well, that's why we want to wrap this up because again, sports is over. It really is over. I never imagine when Looney and I talked about this podcast today and we'd like to switch it up. We've been talking about a lot of different topics. We've been right. getting feedback from you, but to see every single sport, everyone canceled in the same week with no timetable to come back. Adam Silver said 30 days he'll reevaluate. Well, that's what he's going to do. He's going to reevaluate in 30 days, but with all these sports shutting down, I think we should talk about sports still not forget about it. Not do wild, kooky things. We can have more fun, but still stick to these events coming back eventually. Keep talking to athletes. Keep talking to journalists, writers, bloggers. And I hope the callers to Sports Talk Radio, which I was one back in the day, just don't go away. Don't take a six-week break. Listen to these radio shows and call in and support the shows and the networks and the local radio stations that you listen to. There are going to be real human beings working on those shows if possible that are going to want the support and feedback, Tom. And local businesses too. And one of the ways I guess you can avoid uh, one of the ways, even in Los Angeles, we've been encouraged to order from your local restaurant and go get it and pick it up. And that way you have more limited contact uh, uh, with a number of other people. So no matter what business it is, we kind of have to pitch in and help each other out. And I think, you know, to defend the news media, you know, so we've been uh, spending so many times in politicians, especially sowing seeds of distrust in the news media. And as a person who works as a newsman now, I was trying to tell this to a younger friend. I'm covering fires and I'm covering um, an explosion in a building downtown, hit and run accidents, the number one killer of people in America, the number one unsolved crime in America, hit and run accidents. And viruses, there's no liberal or conservative way to cover a virus or a fire or a flood or an earthquake or a riot or a forest fire. You just got to try to get it right. And most news people, they're not gathering in a, in, in, a, in a secret meeting somewhere trying to figure out how to spin news. They're just trying to get the facts right. And in this particular case now, you know, trust, trust the news people. You don't have to listen to the opinion people as closely and make sure you know the difference. But news people and the science people and the doctors are really just trying to get it right. Listen to them with respect. Isn't it incredible in the history of the world, or we'll keep it to the United States, that there are unforeseen circumstances that happen that no one sees. There were some smart investors who understood something was happening in China. There right. was a flu there. Starting to follow Italy a little bit. Maybe they shorted the market, started buying certain stocks to get ahead of it. Just most people got their heads lopped off. Sports is finished as we speak when it comes to the leagues. 
not the commentary. We can talk about it, but the league shutting down. And it just shows you again, especially the young people listening to the podcast. My son, who just came home from college today, I picked him up at the airport. He had an early flight out of Oklahoma City, and he landed a little bit before 8 in the morning. And he had a couple of bags because, unfortunately, he had to bring most of his stuff home. And he just pledged a fraternity, and he's making new friends. And it's the greatest year of his life. He's a freshman in college. He already pledged a fraternity. He's making great friends. And to see him at an empty baggage claim, this vision will never leave me. To see my son, who I was so emotional to see him, because you want to see your kid when something like this is happening, right. make sure they're safe. And I see him there, and he's got two massive duffel bags, a backpack, and another bag that he's holding on. And we hugged each other. We got in the car, and we're driving. And you know, we're talking about what's happening, and the roads are empty on a Friday in Vegas where March Madness would have been packed. The Golden Knights are in first place. We're talking about every pool about to open, every nightclub packed with lines coming out, every table game, every restaurant. You can't get a reservation. Every conference, I'm going to Vegas for the for the NAB. The NAB's canceled. South by Southwest in Austin is canceled. All of this business is going away. But we got to be positive. We got to hope it comes back and count on the people, Tom, in charge. And this is what really triggers a lot of people. We got to count on other people to get this right, not us. We can't fix this, fix this at all, right. let alone together. We can't hug it out. We got to hope that people make great medical decisions. Great medical decisions. Open up those drive through testing places that we see other countries are supposed to be number one in all these things. Let's well, let's let's get number one with this right away and get people get it all set up at CVS or wherever at Rite Aid so we can just drive through, get swabbed and and get ahead of it. And it would be great if we could. And last Friday is when I really started to feel the change. When you sent me a video, you went to a casino to watch the yeah. Laker game and there was nobody there. I sent, that, sent video that video to video. you. Oh, yeah. my God. And that's when I realized there was a, we were turning a, a really dark corner is when you showed me that you were alone in an enormous casino that would normally be packed with everyone watching games and betting. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.